And I'm back. Today is June the 4th, 2016. I am free from what I believe has been an oppressive employment. I, um, I'm tired. I'm ready to rest. I start a new opportunity uh, on the morrow. Actually, not tomorrow, but uh, about five five days from now. So I, I pretty much turned in a resignation, uh, gave two weeks, but I pretty much served out a portion of that. Had a conversation with my boss, and he's already making moves and doing other things. And he had other agenda. He had another agenda, and I was okay with it. He gives me, you know, five days to cut the grass, to clean up the yard, to burn. Uh, a lot of the burn pile shrubbery, uh, respray the lawn with pesticides, and there is a lot of stuff that I could be doing, and I'm going to be doing it. So I'm happy for the little bit of time away, but there is some things that I do want to read and try to get a hold of. Um, my plan right now is not just go to this next uh, place of employment and and mess around with that and yada yada yada. I think my my biggest plan is. I want to move in to become an educator, um, not necessarily at the collegiate level. I had thought about that uh, when I first got out of college and I was in my master's program. I had thought, you know, let me be a university professor. And that may still be something down near the end of my life, uh, 60, 70 years old, that kind of thing. But as far as, um, as far as, you know, what I can actually do. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the plan I have in place. Now I realize that this is going to be a five to seven year plan and I'm okay with it simply because it does give me the quality of life that I am looking for specifically when it comes to my children. So let's, um, let's recap some of my plans. Now right now I worked at a, a job that pretty much had me outside all day. I was working 60, 70 hours, um, and I really wasn't being compensated correctly. I had very short staff, and uh, you know, company cohesion was low. I quit today. I, I didn't uh, put in. Uh, I didn't serve out the notice that I put in, and it's just it is what it is. My long-term goal is again, like I said, move into education and become a, like a high school teacher. Uh, I think that being a coach or a somebody who is interested in coaching a certain amount of, of um, I'm sorry, a certain amount of, you know, I guess I have a certain amount of high school uh, excellence when it comes to certain topics and certain things. And I think being a coach and also a teacher would be awesome. Um, not only that, I feel like I could become a principal uh, down the road. Now, I guess for this next year, I'm going to be um, you know, doing whatever I need to do in order to survive, keep food on the table. And then I'm going to take a, a deduction in, in income when I become a teacher, uh, start working you know, as a teacher, and then move through to about four years in. Uh, finish up a master's degree in education to where then I can, you know, start looking for an assistant principal role. And that's pretty much what I, I plan on doing. I want to move into a role that is more like an assistant principal or a head principal. 
and, and do that for probably about 10 years. And then I want to keep my options open, whether it moves up into a superintendent or, you know, with more education, obviously, with more degrees, or, um, you know, you move into uh, maybe a collegiate professor at some point doing other things. Either way, I think that teaching is a noble profession, and I know that there isn't that much uh, income to be made with a noble profession, but at the same time, I am kind of happy with the opportunity. Now, be that as it may, I may or may not uh, have this plan actually come to fruition. I don't know. But right now, I have a solid plan on that to start um, as an employment doing what I'm doing. I'm still going to be a manager. I'm still going to be running you know, a facility, uh, managing several different people um, and, and those sorts of things. But I still, I'm still interested. I'm still hungry. I still want to grow and learn, and um, and I'm excited. I'm also a little sorrowful. I do feel a little ashamed on the manner in which I left. You know, you put in a notice weeks ago or a week ago, and you don't serve it out to the end. But you know, that's a that is a that is a management decision. You know, that is a. You know, okay, we got somebody else in place. We want to give them the opportunity. We want to put the reins in their hands, and we want them to fly. Okay. I completely agree. I mean, I, there's no more involvement or investment in me at this point, um, you know, given that I'm parting ways with the company. So them, you know, implementing or improving me or trying to help or any of that kind of stuff is, you know, not tangible. Um, so, that, you know, we both moved on, and I think it's best for everybody. Um, no ill will toward the organization. But at the same time, I'm, I'm looking for my next opportunity. I'm looking for my next um, part to be successful for the interim while I put in uh, some time to get certification now. I think I'm going to be uh, looking at curriculums when it comes to history and math. Uh, me personally, I like to teach speech, um, speech or technology or history. I think those are the three to four things. And of course, I'm going to you know do a little bit of research. I'm going to look and see what the going rates are for X amount of teachers, core competencies, and that that kinds of you know those kinds of things. Um, I might reach out to some of the teachers that I was really uh, cool with, I guess, and see what they look like. My sister is an educator, uh, so I'll ask her, and and maybe I'll call on her and see if I can you know come and talk with her a little bit about it. And see what's tangible and see what's realistic. Um, I might just call her after a while within the next couple of days so I can get an idea. Either way, um, I am looking for something that's going to fulfill me. And I don't know if teaching people something every day is a fulfillment. But, you know, I, I think that it's, it's going to be interesting. I think that... If I get the right age group of individuals, and of course, not everybody's going to be responsive to, um, you know, teaching economics or teaching history or teaching speech or whatever I'm teaching. I know that there probably won't be that many people involved in it, but at the same time, I'm not too worried about it. Um, I'm I'm excited about the idea of being able to rehash some of the best parts of history and 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 then educate kind of a a newer, I gotta say this, a newer 
generation. I think it could lead to something good. And my heart has been telling me to kind of be a teacher. My, my wife, when we first had Thomas, um, we talked a lot about it. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, but I was more money focused. Like, oh, no, they don't get paid enough. I'm not going to be a teacher, you know. Uh, and then, you know, I see my sister who's successful at it. And I, I know a couple of individuals who have become uh, teachers and then even moved into the principal positions. Um, I think that that is very, um, very good. Uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of things that I'm going to need. But... You know, I'm, I'm excited for that recourse. So, half of this podcast today is an ex- is excitement, is, is, is me thinking about my next opportunity, my next step. But I, I would be remiss to say if there's not a fear piece to this. You know, you're stepping out on a plan that is very consistent. It has, you know, um, there's money, but there's not a high range of money, Right. You know, there is no large-scale income here, being an educator. So I need to look at how do I maintain my family's position? How do I maintain, um, you know, my family's uh, finances without breaking the bank, without, you know, coming undone? Uh, How do I budget? How do I, I work extra, hustle extra? Um, and I've got a couple of ideas that I am trying to show and see to fruition. Um, if I'm going to be an educator, then I'll have the weekends off, and then on the weekends I can run a side hustle, making potentially another $20,000 a year. That extra $20,000 a year can go straight into the reduction of debt, uh, or whatever debt I have, or maybe it's a you know safety net in the in the forms of you know six to eight months of emergency funds, or you know. Uh, maybe a retirement fund, really funding a retirement, um, you know, mo- moving through those ideas. Um, the other piece would be, um, yeah, the other piece would be uh, just kind of just kind of feeling out exactly what I would need because there was a point in my life where I was money hungry. I would do anything for money. It would be uh, okay, that's how much you're paying. Oh, okay, I got a crush on. Like, I guess I became more moral, but then also immoral at the same time. Um, I guess the best way to describe this is my heart for people has grown, but my love for company and, and roles have depleted in the essence that, you know, when I was first coming into high management retail and Everything's like that. I was very by the book, like extremely by the book. Um, you know, write-ups or um, any kind of documentation were my best friends. Um, didn't have a lot of work friends because I was rigid. I was uh, I was unbreakable. I would break before I would bend. Uh, I had a lot of different things happen to me with my family personally. A lot of things, uh, me as a person, have um, kind of developed a little bit more of a sense of heart humanity. Uh, people go through things. People, um, you know, they have situations. And yes, I am still skeptical. 
But for the most part, I tend to err on the side of, yeah, I mean, that's fine. That's cool. Simply because I am, um, simply because I'm, I'm one of those guys who's grown to, to learn and love that process or to understand that piece. Um, I, I don't, I don't really know. It just feels like I've softened a lot of my positions when it, when I think about, uh, humanity. Like if somebody has a sick kid, I'm more like to be like, Hey man, take care of your family. Then, Oh, well, this is your third absence. And that's going to make one complete, uh, you know, day where you're not here. So we're going to go ahead and put it on a performance re- uh, review. And, you know, we're going to go ahead and look at your job. This is the second uh, review that we've had in the last six months. You know, that kind of shit, right? And don't get me wrong. I'll still do it if I believe it's warranted. But I'm more apt to believe people. I'm more apt to, um, to, to do what I need to do. And I'm not a person who... I used to be a person who was super rigid and what it was is what it was. Now I'm just like, eh, there's gray area. Because of that gray area, because of that gray area that I kind of live in now, there are more things that are, that are gray. I used to think that I was a company man. Like I would stand by the company. The company would stand by me. I'm, I am a, if you if you think of Game of Thrones, like a Lord's man. I am a Lord's man through and through. You know, I am... I bleed, you know, Direwolf or Stark or whatever, Lannister, you know, I'm their man. In the performance of a company, I'm like, yeah, I am this person's advocate. I am their strongest man. Um, I quickly realized um, when I got to a certain level of management that the company really does not give a shit about you. They do not give a fuck about you. And you are literally a number, regardless of how... Um, how much they sugarcoat it or how much the impression is of um, how much the impression they give of well you know it's okay yada 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 no they do not give a shit about you and for me it, it fits I understand that they don't give a fuck I really do I completely understand they do not give a fuck about me so I've kind of gotten a little unrigid with that kind of stuff. So, for instance, if I don't, I don't even know would be the best. Uh, like retail, if you worked at a grocery store and you have items that are broken. So, I, I specifically think of times uh, Gatorades. Uh, you know how you come in that pack of eight. Well, if somebody breaks one off and you can't stick it back, nobody's gonna buy a seven pack of Gatorade for eight. You know when they're supposed to have eight. So what happens? Well, you can donate them, which is what normal people do. Or if you have people who go outside and sweat their balls off and are dying in the summertime heat uh, and they are thirsty, why don't you just, you know, kind of put those drinks on ice and give those to those individuals? I started doing that. And, you know, it started kind of a little precedence of people where you, you saw those claims go up of, okay, well those claims for Gatorade drinks or Powerade drinks are now on the rise. People have gotten smart. That's where they come from. So they're creating more drinks for themselves. Um, but that's the people doing it. The company says, no, just donate it. Don't don't mess with it. Don't take it. Right. Don't take it because it's, you know, it's not your property, which I understand, but at the same time, it's serving a purpose to making our, our, our group 
better, stronger, and keeping them healthy and hydrated. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's how I would argue that. But you see how the gray area is there. If you're a company man, you're going to sit there and say, well, I mean, you just donate them or you just discard them, throw them in the trash, you know, whatever it is, whatever our process is. Um, and me, on the other hand, you know, then, then there's people who are bleeding hearts, like, well, you should donate them to charity. And Okay, yes, there is that. You can do that. Me, I'm just more practical. Why don't we just not throw them away? Why don't we give them to the people who work for us in you know, a hot automotive shop or, you know, people who are grabbing carts or whatever it is. Um, my example is based in Walmart from what I, what, from what I can kind of imagine people like who work in the garden center or automotive area or go get carts or, um, I think those are the only outside jobs really. I think that place employs. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that would be my solution for that kind of stuff. Is it, by the book? Is it, you know, what the company would want? No, on both accounts. But it's something that I feel like you have autonomy to do. You should do because it's the right thing and it's not hurting anybody and it's, you know, it's legitimate. I've grown more in that ideal. So, for instance, if you have, um, I don't know, an item Let's keep it in the grocery retail. If you have items that are going on sale and you need to sell them, obviously, because, you know, things are becoming expired, things are going out of date, uh, and dating in retail is, is really important, go ahead and try to retail it, you know, give, give it a reduction of cost, and then uh, sell it. Sell it to whomever, you know, so somebody who, like Nutri-Game bars or, or Fit bars or those Metro bars, let's say those are coming expired and you have a guy who works out a lot and eats those who will eat them regularly and very, very, very often. Be like, hey man, listen, I'm, I'm going to market these down and uh, if you want to buy them all, you can buy them all. Everybody wins in this situation, but there's company rules that say don't do that, right? Again, if you have a depleted force, if you have a, a group of individuals that are, you know, not healthy, not, not functioning, right? You have individuals who need to go home and need rest and you shut down early, you should be able to have that autonomy to do it. Yes, there's consequences. I understand that, you know, but if you shut down your place of employment, but you're still helping people, you're still working. So for instance, let's say you're working at, again, Walmart and, um, you know, they have like 15, oh, that's unrealistic. Say you have five people working a register in the front and you shut down four of the registers and only one person is still open. Did you shut down your front end? No. Realistically, you didn't because you're still opening, you're still operating, so taking money, you're still doing all these other things and it's, it's solid. The problem is you shut down these other four places so other people really could get in and get out. And, uh, you know, that stuff happens, but my whole thing is if you got somebody who's sick or somebody who's bitching that they want to go and get a, you know, a car or, you know, go, go buy a car for this person or that person, that's fine. You know, and they need to leave with and you can't help them. But at the same time, you know, for me, I just always felt like people's gray areas are all different. If you're going to be coming down a hard, I'm a company man, then you're a ruthless snake. You know, you're a guy who cares only about the numbers or a woman, whichever way. 
Um, you know, I don't want to be discriminatory. But uh, you're a person that cares straight about the numbers. It's all about, you know, this, this, and this. It doesn't matter. You're not really a person to me. You're just an individual that does a measurement of work. Which most businesses are like that. Shocker. The problem is when you have managers that have hearts that consider X, Y, and Z, those individuals are usually the ones that get the shit. They're the ones that gets the shit talked to. They're the ones that takes the disciplinary actions for the staff. They are. So, it is what it is. You know? I've seen that, and I've played both roles. I've been the individual that says, you know what? Uh, this guy was sick, throwing up. He had to go. Uh, this individual needed to leave. This individual is old. You know, this person is, you know, not in great health, so we're going to try to rest him up. You know, whatever it is. And we did not, you know, close business or anything like that. You clearly see through the cameras. That's it. I'm done. Or you can be a guy who's like, listen, you're supposed to have six registers open and you had four. You're shut down. I'm going to write you up and put you on your final. It's like, oh, okay, but we didn't close. Yeah, but you didn't have the maximum capacity of registers you're supposed to have open. X, Y, Z, Y, Y, Y. All right. And, like, yeah, I've played both roles, so I understand both perspectives. I'm just saying that if you're in a retail environment and that happens to you, I mean, they're not going to see it any other way than just the company's point of view. And that's something that I it took me a while to realize is that, you know, I've had managers when I was younger and not in management look me in the face and say, hey, listen, X, Y, and Z, you know, I don't care why you called in because it's a religious holiday for you. I don't care about that. Your religious holiday does not mean anything to me. So, um, yeah. Your religious holiday, you have to come in. You have to work. It's like, oh, Ramadan, Easter. I mean, whatever, you know, holiday or whatever thing you're trying to do. Those places are, are there. But, as a company... No, those play those are not excused holidays. You can't take those off. And I'm like, says who? You know, the government says it, but you know, you as the employer says it. So again, things like that. But then on the other side, it's like, hey, listen, I'm staffing a staff of 15 or 25 or 45 or however many it is, and by you not showing up, you're not really helping the whole team. We're not getting a whole bunch of individuals and you know, it's going to be more work for everybody else. Now, I understand that, too, because, you know, as a manager, you sit there and say, hey, listen, you're, you know, you're, it's not really, uh, it's not really best for business, right? We need you to be able to show up. We need you to be able to be X, Y, and Z. Now, do I understand that there's both? Yes, of course there's both. You're always going to have both instances where, you know, that's a reality and that's something that you're messing with and dealing with. But, you know, at the end of the day, it really comes down to your relationships with the individuals or the people. If it's a person who's slacking off and, you know, who doesn't care and they don't have any kind of buy-in and, you know, they're, they're probably a troublemaker or they're, they're slackers, then they're just trying to get away with it. If they're an individual who generally looks out for people and they, and they really care about, you know, their numbers, they really care about their store, they care about their people, you know, exceptions can be made. Maybe you lightly discipline them. Uh, but still, um, those are instances and things that I've noticed, uh, in my time as retail. And 
you know, I'm okay with doing it for a little bit more longer, a little bit longer, and, and continue it, you know, going. And as much as I hate it, I'll probably need to take on the company man persona simply because you have to. You have to be that individual in order to, to, to be in those, those high-level uh, jobs, you know, high-level management jobs. Um, you know, if that's what you're going to need to, to pay your bills and to, and to do whatever you need to do, then, yeah, everybody's going to do something. Is it right? No. Is it morally right? No. Is there gray area that exists? Yes, of course. Heavens, yes. Do they care about any of that? Nope. <laughs> so you just have to be more aware of what's actually happening. Um, and then what individuals you're actually dealing with and talking to. Because, you know, for me, it, it's easy for me to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, I've got a bleeding heart. Uh, I understand this person's situation. Uh, I'm going to excuse it. But then would you give the same leeway to a different individual with a different circumstance? Comes into morality, right? I mean, yes, to help them right now is the uh, kind thing to do. Um, is it necessarily the most moral thing when it comes to everybody else, how you see them or how they see you as a manager? Um, those questions get asked. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to answer it however you seem fit. And if that's a good enough rationale from your boss or your corporation or whoever is the person judging you, then that's fine. That's their judgment. You as a person, if you can live with the judgment, then you're good. And that's kind of what I said. I looked at my job and said, you know, y'all are greedy. Uh, y'all are people who do not really care about the health, safety of the employees. And, uh, you know, I've done a lot of things early on in my career here that has been very shady. Um, and you ask me to keep doing more and more shady stuff. And it just, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So, I am a... I'm done. You know, there's easiest way to say I'm done is just by pulling the bandaid off saying I'm done with this. I'm not going to continue to, uh, I'm not going to continue on this path. I have forged my own path. I've come into agreement with somebody else starting at their establishment doing X, Y, and Z and I'm good. And then my secret plan is to become an educator after that. So, I mean, yes, am I coming in this new organization with uh, ulterior motives? Definitely. But at the same time, I'm excited for this opportunity because I actually think that if it goes well and things are good, I can make a really good living out of it. But I also want to have something else brewing, something else going on. That way, that's going to be a side focus, right? Something else that I can tinker with or you know, engage with that isn't something that takes up 70 hours of my, of my time. Um, just the reality of it is, is that, um, I, I'm done with, uh, this job, uh, met some good people, had some good laughs, yada, 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 you know, the whole thing comes along with it, you meet good people, you have funny people, you have some strong establishments, you, you know, you got some really good people, at the same time, it's like, man, you're good, I'm done, so, that's about it. So I am free for uh, four or five days, and then I'll start my new opportunity next week.
and I am excited, super jazzed about getting away from what I was experiencing and hopefully come into a fresh organization that is um, going to take over the marketplace. And I'm excited about that prospect. So, cheers. Everybody who's out there listening, thank you for listening to me ramble on. I know earlier in this podcast I was kind of dragging on because I was trying to just get my thoughts together on the subject, but um, happy that you stayed with me. And if you if you do experience something like this uh, and you understand what I'm going through or what I hear or what I've seen, if you're a manager who has had those kinds of interactions where you have to figure and, and plot a course between the corporate man that, you know, corporate man, corporate woman that the company wants you to be, and then just a moral human being with feelings and, you know, the gray area in which you live, uh, you know, let me know, because that is super important uh, that you, you know, you have that side of you. If your guy is like, you know, I don't see what's going on, man. I mean, if you let people go, then, you know, you should be let go too. Okay. You're a corporate guy. You haven't had enough experiences, or maybe you've had experiences in your life that hasn't changed you in the way that it's changed me, and that's fine. Or maybe your person on the far end of the scale is like, no, excuses, excuses every time and exceptions every time. Well, that's not necessarily a strong leader either. So, I mean, you have to be able to find a middle ground and, and, and really navigate places really well. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my... That's my end of the beginning, you know, and to, you know, how people say, oh, yeah, it's the beginning of the end. Well, this is my end of the beginning. So I ended that place and now I'm beginning something else. So sounds awesome. Talk to you all later. Bye.